The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, May 17th, 2021. The woman in your life she can rest so easily. She does everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and co-producer, Ken Norton. Good evening. Good morning, Ken. Good day, Elaine. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It's a wonderful day here in Sonoma County. And we have an interesting show today in honor of all the environmental activists. Joining me on the phone will be Eris Weaver, who is the executive director of the Sonoma County Bicycle Coalition. And we'll be talking about the Bicycle Coalition, what they're about, and some of the uh, organization's environmental concerns. And we're also going to be talking about a special event that's happening on Wednesday, May 19th. It's called the Ride of Silence. I'll be very interested to hear from Eris what that is all about. It looks like it's a national event that's taking place and also will take place here in Sonoma County. Uh, for the second segment of the show, joining me on the phone will be Tyra Bona Aid, uh, a social justice and environmental activist and retired Dean of Arts and Humanities Department at Santa Rosa JC. She will be informing us about the Climate Emergency Resolution, CERS, which Sonoma County just passed, and what that's all about. And it looks like we are the first county in the nation to pass something like this. So I'm really, really curious to see uh, what that's all about. So much going on, you know, when I was listening to Amy Goodman and uh, the war that's going on with uh, Israelis and uh, Palestinians. It just breaks my heart. It really does. Because who's suffering more than anything? It's women and children. And, you know, folks, if war were the answer to peace, we would have had peace a long time ago. You know, and I don't understand why we all as human beings cannot sit down at the table and hash out our differences and and find out what we need and how we can go forward. I mean, when I look at the pictures of the destruction of what this war is doing, all I can do is cry. Why? I think of the women and children that are caught up in all this terrorist anger and 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 war i mean it is so sad and to think that we have these weapons these weapons of mass destruction that can do so much destruction to an apartment building i mean it's just it's mind-boggling to me as a woman as a mother as a grandmother now as a great-grandmother i say these men have got to stop they've got to sit down sit at the table and start talking to each other and find out how they can live in peace i mean this is just beyond just beyond the pale for me And also, when I think of all the dollars that are spent on this useless exercise, I mean, what are we accomplishing? Nothing. Nothing. So it's time for our women to stand up. We are the the ones who bring forth life. And we need to say enough is enough. Stop warring. Figure a way 
to have peace. Figure a way to get along with each other. You know, like we tell our children, let's take a time out and think about it. And I was thinking also of my little granddaughter, my great-granddaughter, actually, little Satori. She was having a little temper tantrum. And my my, uh, granddaughter, Amber, her mother, came up to her and says, Satori, are you angry? And she's going through this whole process. She says, Satori, use your words. Use your words, Satori. So all of a sudden, Satori says, yeah, Mommy, I'm angry. Then Amber said, what are you angry about, Satori? She said something about her daddy didn't give her a toy or something. It was some, you know, some small thing. So my granddaughter took her little baby, Satori, by the hand, walks over to my grandson, who's the dad, and they work it out. Next thing you know, everything is peaceful. But the most important thing that she said to that child was, use your words, And that's how we are going to come to peace. We have to use our words. We have to sit at the table and talk to one another. Well, that's enough of my lecture for this morning. But, you know, it's very aggravating. Like I said earlier in the piece, if war were the answer, we would have had peace a long time ago. Well, you know... I love to do this this uh, segment called History is Our Strength, and I have two very interesting birthdays. Now, why is that important? How, why is history our strength? Because we find out what people have done, how they stepped up and stepped out and made things happen. Well, on May 17th, that's today, in 1912, Mary Beatrice Davison Kenner was born. She's an African-American inventor, most noted. (laughs) This is so great for her development of the sanitary belt. I mean, just amazing to think an African-American woman developed that for all of us. I mean, I can't imagine what women were doing before that, before that little invention. And Beatrice Davidson Kenner made her transition in two 006, 2006, and what what a legacy she left in, in creating this for women. And then on May 19, 1921, Yuri Kachamaga, a civil rights and political af- activist influenced by her Japanese-American family's internment and her association with Malcolm X, she advocated for many causes, including black... Lives Matter, the anti-war movement, Mao's revolution, uh, reparations for uh, Japanese-American internees, and the rights of people in prison by the United States government. Wow. And she made her transition just recently, 2014, that Yuri Kachamara, Japanese woman, one to be very proud of, who's an activist. So you see... Women of all backgrounds, all colors, have made a difference in this world, and we need to acknowledge them. And it gives me personally strength, because I think of here this woman born in in 1912, before we even had the vote, and here in 1921, before, you know, just one year after we got the vote, and here they have made these amazing uh, contributions. And, you know, I just want to thank the uh, National National Women's History Alliance for, if you go on their website, they have all kinds of information about women and their history and the contribution they made. It's so important that we know this, especially when we're out in the world trying to do something. We begin to see whose shoulders we are standing on. Very, very important. 
Well, you know, we have a very, very tight show today, so we're going to take a musical break right now. And the song I will be playing is Save the Earth, sung by Bethany. And when we return, joining me on the phone will be Eris Weaver, the Executive Director of the Sonoma County Bicycle Coalition. And we'll be talking about the coalition, what they are about, and some of the organization's environmental uh, issues. So let's go ahead and play Save the Truth, uh, excuse me, Save the Earth, sung by Bethany. I need fresh air to breathe I need good air For the flowers and the trees I need fresh air Yes, oh my goodness. Save the earth for our children. Remember, our children are the future, and we must never lose sight of that. You know, this is Native American Heritage Month, 
And I love what the Native American people believe when they say we have to think in terms of seven generations, how they are going to be affected by the things that we do. Well, for you just joining in, I want to remind my listeners that the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, its board of directors, its members, and women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. Without further ado, I want to introduce my first guest. Joining me on the phone is Eris Weaver, Executive Director of the Bicycle Coalition of Sonoma County. Welcome to Women's Spaces, Eris. Good morning, and thank you for having me on. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. You know, I'm really excited as we get into the interview to talk about this rite of silence. And also, before we begin, is it okay if I tell my listeners just a little bit about you? Sure. Eris uh, has spent uh, 16 months at SB, SCBC's Outreach as an Events uh, Coordinator. That's the Sonoma County Bi- uh, Bicycle Coalition Outreach and Events Coordinator before stepping up to lead the team as director. Driven by her lack of tolerance for boredom, her patchwork career, with which has included newspaper delivering, medical librarian, organic bread baker, health educator, mediator, college professor, newspaper columnist, graphic recorder, and kayaking instructor. Oh, my goodness, Eris. That's ama- amazing. Amazing. She holds a BA in environmental studies and planning from SSU, Sonoma State University and has two master's degrees from UC Berkeley, one uh, library and information studies and public health. In addition to working at the Sonoma County Bi- uh, with the Sonoma County Bicycle Coalition, she serves on the Katati Design Review Committee and is a member of the Sonoma County Search and Rescue Team. She lives with her wife at Fog Song, a co-housing community in Katati. Wow, that's quite an, a resume, Eris. Is there anything you'd like to answer, my, add, my friend? Oh gosh, we could talk all day about all the various <laughs> things I've um, I have done. I don't think I've ever been at a at a job for longer than five years because I just always love learning new things and doing new things. But I have to say that the job that I'm in right now with the Bicycle Coalition feels like it uses all of everything I've done in every other job that I've ever had and feels like it's it's using the most and the best of me. Well, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about the, uh, the Bicycle Coalition, when it began and its mission. Can you give us a little background on that? Sure. We're celebrating our 20th anniversary this year. Well, happy birthday. Well, thank you. Um, and uh, the coalition is, is a nonprofit, and our mission is to promote bicycling for both transportation and recreation throughout the county. Uh, started by a bunch of um, bike advocates and enthusiasts, many of whom are still involved with the organization. And there had been a uh, death of a cyclist on the road uh, that had kind of gotten stirred people up. Um, in looking at how do we how do we make our roads safer um, and you know get more people on bikes, so we we do our work through a combination of education and advocacy. So we teach children and adults how to ride safely and responsibly. Uh, we run public information campaigns to try and reach uh, drivers to share the road with us safely and responsibly. And then we advocate 
for uh, public policy and infrastructure that is more bicycle friendly. Wow, that's just amazing. Well, you know, give us, you know, let us, uh, let's look a little at yourself. How did you get involved with this and what motivates you to become part of the coalition? And now you're taking the lead as a director. I mean, that's a huge responsibility. What, what is your basic motivation and how did you get involved? Well, my underlying motivation for, for any work that I do is, is to make the world a better place, uh, you know, safer, happier, friendlier, funner place to be. Um, I've been an environmentalist from way back. I remember the first Earth Day. I was a, a, a teenager at the time, and I uh, took – I became an environmentalist very young. I rode my bike, you know, everywhere, uh, even in Los Angeles where I grew up, um, spent many years without owning a car. Um, got involved in, you know, all kinds of different environmental uh, political projects and was very serious about how I um, carried on my day-to-day life. Um, but it, it took me a while before I learned that, yes, we our individual choices make a difference, right? Whether I ride my bike or drive a car, I am making a small piece of, of a difference. Um, but there's also ways that our institutions and our built environment affect pe- the choices that people make. And so working politically um, to change some of those structures can sometimes have a bigger impact. So, for example, our roads are designed to help cars go faster. They're not designed to keep pedestrians and bicyclists safe. Go ahead. Can, are you there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm here. I was just taking a breath in case you <laughs> wanted to ask another question or interject in there. No, no. I think it's very interesting what you're saying because it leads to kind of the next idea and thought that I had, you know, that, you know, transportation we know is a huge contributor to pollution and global warming. I mean, I would put it together with plastic, actually, when you start thinking about it. And, you know, it sounds like you're very excited about bicycling. You've been bicycling most of your, you know, most of your life, most of your definitely your adult life. What, what are, you know, what are some of the, some of the resistance people have uh, towards using bicycles? And, and what are some ways that you address them to help people have a little bit more confidence to, uh, to, do, this, to do this rather than get into their cars? Yeah, there was some um, interesting um, research done in Portland that looked at sort of different categories of cyclists. So you've got at the two extremes, you've got the just dedicated, they're going to ride their bike anywhere, no matter, you know, what their conditions are like, they're just into it. And then at the opposite end of the spectrum, there's people who are never going to get on a bike, no matter what. But there's this huge group in the middle of people who will say, yeah, I'd like to ride a bike, but, you know, there are barriers. For most people, which that what that is, is safety. People often don't ride a bike because they don't feel safe uh, on the roads. Um, so that's one of the biggest barriers. I think habit is also just part of it. When you're, you know, when I'm in the habit of riding my bike, I'm thinking about how long it takes me to ride my bike and I, you know, know what I need, what time do I need to leave and all of that stuff. Whereas if your habit is always to get in the car, you know, re- changing habits is just, is just challenging for everybody. And, um, then I know for some people, particularly if you're talking about commuting for work, and this may be true for women more than men, or at least some women and some men, um, is the, okay, I have to, I get to work and then I'm sweaty, I, you know, 
look funk my hair looks funky because i've had a helmet on how do i you know uh, show up at work presentable this was of course more of an issue in the before times before we had covid now that we're we're most of us are working at home. That's less of an issue, probably. Um, but I think safety, perception of safety, is a lot of the the biggest challenge. How do you think? How do you think we're doing here in Sonoma County as far as safety goes? Hmm. Um, it varies from uh, place to place in the county, for sure. You know, there are. Um, and actually, we actually produce a map that color codes the whole, all the county roads for uh, where's the, the safest place to ride and the least safe places um, to ride. It's a patchwork. We have some really wonderful um, separated bike paths like the Joe Redota Trail and the Santa Rosa Creek Trail. Um, when, the, when it's finally built out, the smart uh, path is going to be really great. So we have some some pockets, um, and then we have some streets that are that are really really challenging. Um, for example, Stony Point Road. A couple of years ago, there was a t- there was this one stretch where we had five pedestrians and cyclists all killed on the same stretch of road in like six months. Um, so there's definitely uh, there's definitely more work to be done. Well, you know, it's it's really interesting you think in terms of bicycling and also the the issue of safety is always so important. I know even when we're just crossing the street now, you know, when people are making a right turn, you really have to be really careful because everybody seems to be moving so quickly. I mean, everybody's in a hurry. I can't figure out what they're in a hurry to get to, but everybody seems to be in a hurry. Well, you know, I'd like to talk a little bit about this, you know, that I think is very interesting. What's happening on Wednesday, which is two days from now, May 9th, that the Sonoma County Bicycle Coalition will join thousands of cyclists around the world in a silent ride to remember cyclists who have been killed or injured while they've been on the road. Talk about that a little bit. I mean, it looks like the first ride of silence was held in Dallas in 2003, so it's been going on for quite a few years. Can you talk a little bit about that and how it's organized and what people do and how people can get involved? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the first one was just sort of started with one group of friends that their their cyclist friend had been uh, uh, killed after a collision with a bus, and they thought, okay, let's do this memorial ride in his name, sort of like how surfers do a paddle out after a surfer's died. Um, and, like, tons of people showed up, way more than they had anticipated, and so they started turning it into an annual event, and it's grown and is now an international movement and that the headquarters is actually in Marin County, um, so it's always on uh, this particular third Wednesday in May at 7 p.m. Uh, and the national organization has a, a website where everybody can, you know, post their rides so you can find out what's going on all over the place. Over the last few years, we've always done a ride. Um, the Bike Coalition has sponsored a sort of small, low-key one with a handful of people. Um, but this idea that I had have had brewing over the last year was to actually let's let's connect the our ride to the actual specific locations and where actual specific people um, were killed. So we actually have three different rides happening. Uh, in the county, one in Santa Rosa, one in Petaluma, and one out in the Sonoma Valley. Um, we have an average of about three or four cyclists killed in Sonoma County each year. 
Uh, and so the each of these three routes will go will c- go past a couple of those specific locations where specific individuals um, have died, and we've been sharing the stories about those um, people. Um, and at each of those locations, there is a ghost bike, which is, um, you know, you've seen roadside memorials for people who, uh, pedestrians or drivers, you know, people who were killed uh, on the side of the road. This one is uh, done with a, uh, a bike painted white and then often decorated in the name of the, of the person who it's memorializing painted on it. So we're going to be connecting those rides with those specific people. Um, do you have a website that that leads us? Because I know I have I have it in front of me. Let me just let me just let folks know. So in Santa Rosa, people are going to meet on the Joe Rodada Trail. The Joe Rodada Trail. Uh, Petaluma is meeting at Walnut Park, and Sonoma Valley is meeting at um, Operation Bicycle. Uh, there's more information on our website, uh, bikesonoma.org. Uh, some of the rides, um, we are asking for pre-registration because we've, we're, we've been having a really big uh, response um, to this this well, year. Why, why do you think it's getting bigger? Um, well, I, I think, one, I think we've been promoting it a little more. Uh, we got a good uh, coverage in the Press Democrat um, last week about it. And I think, you know, there's this, people are more... Um, moved by stories than they are by statistics, and just talking about the generalities of how many people you know are killed or whatever is one thing. But talking about these specific people's stories, um, I think just touches people's hearts more. Um, so I think that's that's partly driving it. And then of course, this last week we just had. I had just been thinking. Oh, you know, we haven't had any major bicycle crashes in 2021. Um, and then we had a, a drunk driver hit two cyclists in oh, Sebastopol uh, Wednesday evening. Oh. Um, and both both of those individuals, um, the last I heard, are expected to survive, but but are in pretty um, critic, you know, pretty bad condition. Um, so hopefully, we won't need a, a bike for them. So the ride, want, I, so, so I, the, it sounds like the ride of silence is becoming more personal and more close to home, more than we like it. Yeah, and and also part part of my other thinking in this is that if you come on one of these rides, you know, we'll be giving you the safe everyone the safety talk before we start. And notice the conditions of the road where we're riding. It's not an accident. It's not a uh, that, that most of these incidents are clustered in areas where the infrastructure is bad. Um, there are some of them in lower-income neighborhoods. There's this whole um, emerging conversation about transportation equity um, and how uh, road conditions and you know public transit routes and all kinds of things nationwide, not just specifically here in, in Sonoma County, but um, that the infrastructure for transportation for helping people get around is usually worse, right, in um, disadvantaged neighborhoods, lower-income neighborhoods, neighborhoods you know, it, predominantly it, people of color. 
It's interesting how equity is coming up in so many issues. It's, 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 it's about time we start looking at this stuff. But, you know, we're coming to the end of our, 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 our segment here, Eris. Mm-hmm. And what I would like to know is I would give you a chance to, you know, give a kind of a wrap-up. Any last words you'd like to say? Give your website. And also we know about this uh, event that's happening that's going to be this Wednesday. Also, give us some ideas how people can join your organization. Is there a fee? I mean, what, how? how how does one join? Yeah, you can go to our website, again, bikesonoma.org, um, and uh, click on the membership page and become a member. Um, you can also, even if you, and we do have, uh, you know, a low-income senior student rate, so it's, it's very affordable. Uh, you can also sign up for our newsletter, um, even without becoming a paid member. Um, joining the coalition helps add your voice to ours as we advocate for cycling in the county. Um, we have another event this week that I want to make sure gets put out there before we stop because it's not all just about the, you know, the, okay, go the ahead. downside of cycling. And that is, this is National Bike Month and we have a National uh, Bike Tour Every Day happening on Friday and we have a whole bunch of activities happening then. Um, because I don't, want, I don't want people to come away here for only thinking about, okay, cycling is unsafe and bad and you're going to die and... <laughs> I don't want to do it. Um, If you look at how many miles people travel in a car versus a bike, biking in and of itself is not necessarily less safe. Um, Did that make sense? Of course. Yeah. Let's give give your website one last time. Okay. We're at bikesonoma.org. So at bikesonoma.org, they can find out about what's happening. Also find out about the right of silence and also find out about the event that's happening Friday. Is that correct? Exactly. Well, Eris Weaver, I want to thank you so much for coming on Women's Spaces and working with me. You know, we've had to change a few dates around, and I really appreciate that you that we were able to do this and you were able to come on the air today. So thank you so much for all you do, and congratulations on your new position. Well, thank you so much for having me. Anyway, thank you so much, Eris Weaver, for all that you do here in Sonoma County with the, the Sonoma County Bicycle Coalition. And, you know, it's something that's great because we can get out and breathe the fresh air and ride our bike and just see the county in a new and different way. So thank you so much, my friend. All right. Well, thank you, Eris Reaver, Director of the Bicycle Coalition here in Sonoma County, for being such a great guest and giving us some good information, you know, for you folks out there that are interested in exploring bicycle to go ahead and uh, go to their website, bikesonoma.org. And also we will have information on Women's Spaces, www.womenspaces uh, and just check us out. Anyway, we are going to take another musical break, and we are also talking to environmentalists uh, during this show. And so the song I will be playing is called Earth Song, and it's sung by India Carney. And when we return, joining me on the phone will be Tyra Benoit. She's an environmentalist and an activist, and also was uh, head of the Arts and Humanities uh, program here at Santa Rosa JC. So let's go ahead and let's play uh, the Earth Song by India Carney. What about sunrise? What about rain? What about all the things that you said we were to gain? What about killing fields? Is there time 
thought about all the things that you said was yours and mine. Did you ever stop to notice all the blood we shed before? Did you ever stop to notice this crying earth is weaving shore? goodness what are we doing on this earth is right boy we got to start paying a little bit of attention i want to clarify something i made a mistake uh in introducing the the next segment of the show i was reading from my script from two weeks ago when i talked to sandy tate who was actually the uh feminist the lesbian feminist but we are talking now to uh tyra bonnois and she is a activist and in the environment and social justice so welcome tyra welcome to women's spaces hello 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 hi there okay we just had we just had to bring you back in the air well welcome back you're listening to women's spaces and i'm your host elaine b holtz and without further ado i want to introduce my guest joining me on the phone is tyra bonnois welcome tyra welcome to women's spaces thank you elaine i'm so happy to be here today you know, before we begin, I would like to tell my listeners just a little bit about you. Is that okay? 
Great, thank you. Tyra Benoit holds a master's degree in history and taught about world civilization at the community college and middle school levels for the more than 40 years. She has been an activist for social justice and the environment for her whole adult life. In 2019, after retiring from the position as dean at Santa Rosa JC, her ongoing concern for the survival of her own civilization led her to the Climate Reality Project, where she was trained as a climate reality leader. Boy, what a title. <laughs> Having some reality about the client. I wish our news media would get that in mind. Uh, very recently, she helped to co-found both the Sonoma County Climate Mobilization and a local hub of Arm in Arm. She lives in Healdsburg, moving there after losing her home in the Tubbs Fire in 2017. I'm so sorry to hear about that, Tyra. Anything else that you would like to add? No, just that I'm glad to be here and talk with your listeners. Oh, well, thank you so much. I mean, I really appreciate you being here. And going through all this stuff that you're doing, it's just, it's just actually amazing. So for the beginning, talk about how you first got interested in, in climate change and, and what was your motivation at that time? Well, as you said in the introduction, I've been an activist my entire life um, involved in the civil rights, the peace movement, you know, all different um, aspects of this. And so I'd always been a member of various environmental organizations. Um, I began to get very alarmed in the 90s about what was going on and tried always to incorporate that, a study of those kinds of things, into my history classes at the college level. When I lost my house in the Cubs fire, obviously that was a direct... um, you know, sense of, okay, I've got to do more. This is, this is something that is really, um, escalating to a point I think we've seen since 2017, only more and more escalation of that. So, you know, in a way, becoming a climate reality leader and, and really upping my participation has been a way to overcome some of the trauma and the grief that I've felt as a result of that experience. Oh, I just, you know, it just, it's so interesting. I, during this last fire, when we were thinking about evacuating, it was just such a horrible, a horrible feeling in my stomach. I just can't imagine what it would feel like to lose your home. So I'm really sorry to hear about that. And it sounds like you've said, so now you're living in Healdsburg, you're more settled again. Yeah. And so the other thing I would add is that where I taught middle school, before I lived in Sonoma County, I lived in Chico, and I taught middle school in the 80s in Paradise. So oh, that my goodness. fire that happened the year after our fire, I have a lot of friends and former colleagues who were impacted by that. So, you know, I've seen I've seen this very up close and personal. But I always talk about the fact that as a fire survivor, I'm really one of the fortunate ones. I had good insurance. I was able to um, relocate. I mean, I, I did get a sense that morning after the fire of waking up and feeling like, well, I'm homeless. But I was taken in, cared for, and, you know, now I feel very fortunate to be in my house that's half the size of what we had in Wikiup, and it's all electric. I've disconnected from PG&E because in Hillsburg we have our own municipal electric department, and I feel like I'm, I'm, my calling, as you said earlier, it's for my grandchildren. It's for future generations. Um, I've survived this trauma, but so many other people aren't across the world. And so when I think about the children and what they're going to face 
it just breaks my heart. So well, that's the motivation for me. Well, you know, it's so important that you say that. You know, the idea of having empathy and compassion for others is really a motivator for doing this work, especially, you know, it, it really is, especially around these times. Well, you mentioned Sonoma County Climate Mobilization and the Arm in Arm programs. Tell us a little bit about that. What are those about and how are you involved? So the Sonoma County Climate Mobilization, you know, I want to acknowledge Eris Weaver and the Bicycle Coalition and all the amazing groups that exist across Sonoma County. And the Sonoma County Climate Mobilization is just an attempt. It's, it's in its infancy. It's just beginning. We're developing our website as we speak. Um, and what we're trying to do is to reach out to all these various environmental organizations, to businesses, to schools, to government entities, and with the assistance of the National Climate Mobilization Project, um, you mentioned early on that Sonoma County was um, one of the first to pass climate emergency resolutions. Actually, what it is is because there's jurisdictions all across the United States that have passed these climate emergency resolutions that the Sonoma County Climate Mobilization is determined to implement. We are the first county in the United States to have every single jurisdiction, that means all of our cities and the Board of Supervisors, so our county government, the first in the nation to have everyone sign on to the fact that this is an emergency. The problem comes in that now what? Okay, we've declared a climate emergency. How do we implement this? For instance, last week, The Board of Supervisors followed up with a town hall that they had held about the climate emergency and the climate crisis, and they're taking action. The city of Petaluma, I think, is on the forefront in terms of what's happening in Sonoma County. My own city of Healdsburg, we need to do more. We need to get more organized and understand the facets of this emergency. So... The Sonoma County Climate Mobilization is just trying to mobilize people. You know, Erica Chenoweth says 3.5% of the population, if you can get them to be out in the streets uh, protesting, acknowledging that this is an issue, you're going to succeed. And so we want to get that percentage of Sonoma County residents educated, informed, and involved, engaged in this sort of process of implementing these climate emergency resolutions. Something on paper is fine, but until you develop the strategies to do that. The other thing I would add is that our Regional Climate Protection Authority, the RCPA, and I would encourage your listeners to go to rcpa.ca.gov because they have developed a climate mobilization strategy and they are now in the process of going out to all these jurisdictions and Each city has representatives on the RCPA, and they have a wonderful strategy that's there. And you can see it, you can read it, you can go on their website, and you can take a a little survey and get involved with that climate mobilization. You can also figure out your carbon footprint on their website. And so what we want to do is just mobilize um, individuals all across Sonoma County from all walks of life, all different groups, and get us working. Because if we don't solve this problem, it's going to be a tragedy for our children and our grandchildren and the children all across the world. Now, you, you gave it rcpa.org? rcpa.ca.org. 
Gov. Okay. It, 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 we will put it on our also on our website, www.womensbases.com. Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I want to inject something here, Tyra. It's very important. We, the people, have to be involved. That's the bottom line because you do not get legislation to move until there's people that are speaking out and saying this has got to happen. And that's, that's the importance of the mobilization idea. So I really thank you so much for sharing that because it's very important. You know, it, it, things don't get done until we start, <laughs> until we get active. You know that. I mean, it's very, very. Right. So talk a little bit. You know, right now, right now we're, we're, we know the fires, the fires create are from climate change. We know the weather conditions, you know, the hurricanes, all the different things that are happening. But, you know, right now we're in a state of emergency with this pandemic So, and, and public health. Talk about how that, that crisis is integrated with climate change. Okay, thank you. This is there's a link, uh, you know. There's kind of a link, you know, and 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 also, how does it? How does it, you know? How is climate changing affecting our lower income and our our people of color of late? Yes, this is this is a critical issue, and I think it's something that all of us need to be aware of. And it's driven home to me again constantly by the fact that I consider myself one of the fortunate climate migrants. There are so many that are forced into migrating, let's say, from Central America's dry corridor that are not as fortunate. Or when I was talking the other day to an individual who talked about being displaced by the Wallbridge fire last year, and he was from the Latinx community, and he did become homeless for a number of months before he was able to adjust. He, you know, when we see the impact of all these fires, and especially like Let's look at the Cubs fire, the, the displacement of people across Sonoma County because of those fires. They're much more seriously impacted than I am. Well, you mentioned, um, you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, you know, paradise. I mean, people burning in their cars. I mean, th- this, right. uh, this is no right. joke. I mean, this is, this right. is real. That's right. And, and I think we need to acknowledge what's happened with the pandemic, obviously, but climate change is also a medical emergency. You can talk to many doctors who will definitely support that. The Lancet report in 2015 suggested this back before the Tubbs fire. And let me give you an example. Particulates in the air, air pollution, that kills more people globally than what we've seen in terms of the pandemic. So 9 million people per year killed by air pollution. And when you look at the impact, the disparate impact, twice as many African-American children suffer from asthma. That's one of the, you know, impacts. Respiratory diseases like COVID, we've seen the adverse impact on BIPOC communities and communities of color. Um, And we can expect, according to the predictions by doctors who have studied this, five new diseases per year, and 75% of these diseases that are developing are what we call zoonotic diseases. That is, they are transferred from animals to humans. So if we're deforesting the planet and we're going and, and because of these fires, so much is being burned, whether it's fires in Sonoma County or fires in the rainforest in South America, and so the animals have no place to go. And then you also couple that with the increase in temperatures. And so you have tropical diseases like malaria, Zika, all these diseases, these 
these, these other diseases finding a place that they can expand into. That's why doctors are saying this is a medical emergency. And so if we take it from that direction, we've had experience with a medical emergency. We know how to respond, and we need to look at the climate crisis in the same way and respond just as we did to the pandemic, and we know that we can solve it. We just have to put all of our heads together and figure out how to do this. Well, you know, it's interesting that you talk about medical because I'm thinking about we lived uh, we lived about uh, two miles from Coffee Park, and we we had so much debris coming into our neighborhood. We we actually took a picture and we saw it coming. My partner coughed for almost three months. I mean, it was not yeah. it was not an easy thing. Well, you know, time goes by really quickly here when we're in the studio. And one of the questions, you know, what we're reporting on is very we can call it negative and it's very problematic you know so talk about you know a little bit about how do you keep your head on i mean how do you keep yourself positive and and, and able to move through and know all these things and yet at the same time educate people yeah i think that's the greatest challenge you know what what we in this movement call climate grief and now we're experiencing as well when we see the impact on water and what we're facing with the water situation over this coming year. Um, and, you know, again, I think we've got to acknowledge that, and but we've also got to think about the fact that knowledge is power. And as we get educated and as we find community with other people who are trying to solve this crisis, it's, it's uplifting. I get uplifted by people like Eris Weaver. I get uplifted by my friend Pete Gang or Mark Mortensen or Alexa Forrester. I, I think about the people who are involved in this movement and that's what gives me hope. So I think, yes, we can, we can go into shock and say, this is horrible. You know, let's, let's, you know, what can be done? Or we can say, we're human beings. We're smart. I studied the, the history of the rise and fall of civilizations. That was my passion. And so, there are ways that civilizations in the past have confronted these things, and they've solved it. So we just need to get serious about it, and we can solve it. Um, Paul Hawkins, who's uh, you know a, a guy that organized the drawdown study, he said, "If you don't become a pessimist when you study the science, you don't have a brain. But <laughs> if you are, if, if you get involved with the people who are trying to address this crisis, and you don't acknowledge how wonderful they are, you don't have a pulse." Well, I want, to add, I, I want to add something to what you said. You said knowledge is power, which is very important. Knowledge is power. But what adds to that is truth is power also. And we have to start discerning what we're listening to and what is truth. It's very, very important. And I think that that's the importance of belonging to organizations. So, you know, what it, on, we're coming to the end of this segment here. And talk about a little bit about what national or local, uh, local organizations can people here support? So there are so many organizations, both nationally and local groups within Sonoma County. I mean, you've got a lot of different 350 organizations, 350 Petaluma, 350 Sonoma. You've got 350 Bay Area. You've got, I mean, it, 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 when I when I started to get involved, I was somewhat overwhelmed by all the organizations. You you know, again, the Bicycle Coalition. You've got Congas fighting um, for 
no new gas stations being built in Sonoma County. You've got the Climate Reality Project, which is a national and international project. You can get trained. It's now all online. Um, the Sierra Club, the basketball carbon conversations. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I think, above all, I'd like to acknowledge our young people because the Sunrise Movement, the Committee for Change, for instance, the young people that are working for that at Windsor High School, you've got these young people who are really trying to make a difference. You know, the Sunrise Movement is starting in um, June, a trek of sunrisers from this area going from paradise. They're walking from paradise through Sacramento, and they're going to culminate in Santa Rosa on June 10th with a rally in Courthouse Square, and then they're going to walk to San Francisco. And as they go along, they're picking up more and more young people. And as elders, because in the Sunrise Movement, it's pretty much, you know, if you're over 35, you've got to find a different group to, to really find your home, and I acknowledge that and, and appreciate it. So there's a lot of us in Sonoma County, you asked earlier about Arm in Arm. Arm in Arm is our elders' support of Sunrise, and we want to do everything that we can to support these young people. Um, there are so many groups that are doing such good work, and that's the whole purpose of the Sonoma County Climate Mobilization is to try to pull all those groups together and find out about all these events that are happening, the ones that Eris was talking about, the ones that the Sunrise um, youth are doing, and and create an opportunity for those things to be advertised, attended, and let's get to that 3.5%. Tyra, can, can you do me a favor? I would yes. love to have somebody from the Sunrise Group to talk about this event. I mean, if you could give them my information, I mean, I would love to have them on the air. I will do that. There well, are we, a couple that I'm sure would be, and they might even talk to you while they're on the track. You know, you could Oh, I would, I would... I would love that. Well, listen, we've come to the end of the segment, so give us your website and contact information and how we can get a hold of you and anything else you'd like to say. So our website for Sonoma County Climate Mobilization is under construction. Um, we're just in the process of doing that. But, again, I would direct people to the Sonoma County Climate Mobilization Strategy at the rcpa.ca.gov. And then you can also, I, I, I prior to the show, I did send some other websites that <clears throat> you could potentially post on your women's spaces. I'd also like to just quickly say that there are a lot of things that people can do individually. You know, people are busy. They, they have families and work and all of this. But there are so many things that, that people can do on an individual basis. So why don't you why don't you name why don't you name two things and then you can send me a list because we're just about running out of time. Okay. Well obviously transportation is a big one. Eris talked about that. But also think about your diet, think about your consumption habits, think about ways in which you can create less food waste. Because that is a big creator of greenhouse gases. And consumption and all of the ways in which we consume commodities and food and you know all and gasoline is we need to think about how we do that individually so um electrify your home you know do do some things if you're able to to 
bring down those greenhouse gases, become a carbon urban carbon farmer. So well, thank you so much. Well, Tyra Benoit, thank you so much for being on Women's Spaces. It's been an absolute delight. And thank you for all that you're doing. I mean, you definitely have inspired me. And I hope to hear from you about the sunrise because I think we need to, as adults, as, as elders, we need to support our youth 1,000%. So thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. They're the future. Thank you, Elaine. Thank you. Well, that's it for our show. A special thank you to Eris Weaver, the executive director of the Sonoma County Bicycle Coalition, and to Tyra Benoit, uh, social justice and environmental environmentalists. Amazing, amazing, two amazing women. A reminder, tell your friends that Women's Spaces will be aired again at 11 p.m. on Monday evenings. I'm available for speaking engagements, and if you have any announcements you would like to have on the air, do not hesitate to email me at elaine at womenspaces.com. All shows, all shows are, are, are archived on www.womenspaces.com. Remember, our children are the future. We must never lose sight of that. And one of the ways we can become active is active in helping to change and turn around the climate change issue. This is Elaine B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening. And become a supporter of Women's Spaces if you can. Just email me at www.womenspaces.com. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time. Wish to give you courage and who will surely make you strong who will bear all the joy that is coming to you if not a woman in your life has she someone to pursue she's patient and she's waiting and Take you home now The woman in your life She can wait so easily She knows everything you do Because the woman in your life is you Because the woman in your life The woman in your life The woman in your life The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, May 17, 2021.